Stay connected at UrbanMusicReport.com for the hottest music features and videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at UrbanMusicReport.com. Stay connected. Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to RCR Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dosbert, and I always say, because it's always true, I'm very super excited about today. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> uh, my guests today, I'm just so um, glad that they were able to come and be with me this afternoon. So today's topic is about the importance of self-care, but before we get into the topic, I just wanted to share with everybody, because we may have some new listeners, what Real Chicks Rock is all about. Yeah. Real Chicks Rock is all about the empowerment of women and we do it through various different ways we do it through community service we do it through public speaking and mentoring we do it through the arts and we do it through our apparel lines t-shirts yay <laughs> so we have various different vehicles that we're able to reach and touch and activate people and give them the proper um, tools that they need in order to get through this thing called life right and today is very important I think because it aligns with a lot of the things that we want to be about what we feel we're about and we've we want to kind of do things with Sister Care Alliance, and we'll get into that. But I'm just honored because I'm not and um, she is just doing such wonderful things. And just so people can understand the um, the timing of all this, my last show two weeks ago was about how we deal with mental health challenges. And it was a lot of tools and a lot of information that was given and shared and provided. And it just kind of aligned and it kind of segued, I think, into us having this conversation today because people need it. I mean, a as women, we are not where we need to be, but I believe that sister care alliance and understanding that self-care is so important that we're going to be able to reshift people's priorities so before we get into that let me introduce my guest so this beautiful person sitting in front of me tell the nice people who your name and a little bit about yourself uh, my name is Sharon Goddard, and I am a member of Sister Care Alliance, mm -hmm. and I currently work as a paralegal. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Sharon. And you, shining star over there, <laughs> tell the people who your name and what do you do? Who are you? Oh, well, my, thank you for having yes. me Yes. Awesome. You're awesome. No. To keep this show running on a regular basis, thank one of the you. things that our people, I have to say this first yes. and foremost, one of the things our people need the most is to learn how to trust. Trust mm. each other mm -hmm. and the way you build trust one of the ways you build trust is through consistency oh wow yes. right yes. so consistency and then consistency and quality oh thank you and so your show has consistently brought <laughs> quality programming that actually moves us forward thank and so you. this is one of the media outlets that we need to support on a regular basis thank real you. chick rock yes right. right that's right and um so i just want to thank you for, thank you. for what you do that commitment is not um um, overlooked by many of us. Thank you. So, Appreciate thank you for that. having us. You're welcome. Here. But uh, my name is Anana Johari Harris Perry. Yes. I'm the founder of the Sister Care Alliance and the Self Care Agency. I'm currently, along with Sharon, uh, at the Davis Bozeman Law Firm. I'm the Director yes. of Operations and Community Affairs. So mm. everything outside the courtroom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but all of our community affairs initiatives, how we interact with existing community organizations and um, how we birth different initiatives mm -hmm. from the law firm based upon what we learn in the courtroom and out of the courtroom is uh, my responsibility. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about how did Sister Care Alliance get started? How did that start for Ooh, you? Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. 
So uh, I started the self-care movement in 2011 Mm -hmm. by actually calling Attorney Davis and Attorney Bozeman. Really? Yeah, I had a really rough delivery, and it uh, woke me up to what I wasn't doing to take care of myself. Mm. And because I didn't have good self-care practices before getting pregnant and having a baby, it exploded into a dangerous scenario. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really had to figure out a way to live yes and once i figured it out i said okay i'm gonna have to call on some help because Mm -hmm. i can't be the only one right right and this is so serious uh i got to understand what it means for you know a woman to feel like she doesn't want to be here anymore Mm. to feel like the chips are stacked against her yes and that there really was no breathing room to work on myself or Mm. herself so i said oh we need to have an official self-care day right (laughs) Right. (laughs) we're gonna have to politicize this we're gonna have to join together this really needs to be a revolution and this was in my head Mm. um but i said first i'm gonna have to prove that i'm serious so i need to actually figure out how to establish a real holiday mm. and so the first person I called was attorney Molly Davis and I said I said listen attorney Davis who do I need to talk to about establishing an official self-care day wow he made one phone call and 30 days later I had to learn how to write a proclamation research what a proclamation was and we had the very first uh, official self-care day in the city of Atlanta which is December 4th really mm-hmm. and so that was 2011 uh, he called me back a couple months later and said, uh, we need some of your business skills at the really? firm. And uh, from consulting to actually working, I joined uh, a little bit later after that. So I got immersed in this world of the law. Yes. I never worked in the field of the law and I didn't, I only understood activism from, you know, let's get our boots on the ground. What can we do in the community? But I didn't understand the intersection of um, activists and attorneys and the courtroom and laws and policy. Mm. I didn't have that experience, Um, but getting into the business of the law. I was really exposed to how social justice really has to be expanded, Mm. Um, not just from the perspective of self-care, but also to the community that doesn't really understand that they have a part to play from a social justice standpoint. So as I was learning, uh, I was also responsible for connecting the clients that came to the Davis Bozeman Law Firm Mm. to community programs. Mm. And we were getting so many women. It was just so many women and there are programs out there. Um, I've been impressed by how hard all of the activists and advocates in the community work. Yes. The difference is a lot of our community members that are in distress don't know how to find them and they're overtaxed. Yes. Yes. So I would liaison a lot of women to where they needed to go. But I also saw that the people I was sending the women to. We're stressed out too. Really? There were these women that I would call and say, okay, this program's overloaded, that program's overloaded, and everybody's full. I don't know where to send them. Mm -hmm. And so I would call the network, you know, the Black Woman Network. (laughs) We have a sister friend, right? We have a sister friend that knows somebody or knows a program 
So it started to, to hit me. We need to formalize two things. This um, social justice league, which we ended up coining the phrase within our organization, mm-hmm. this network of black women who have access to information, understand what to do next mm-hmm. for people in crisis. Uh, we need to formalize that network. Mm-hmm. And then we also need those specific women that we call that are a member of our Sister Caroline's now Justice League. Yes. We need them to take better care of themselves so that we can continue strengthening the network. Mm. So one of the things that I saw that was so uh, critical and breaking down the community was there wasn't enough of a passing of the baton because the person that you want to pass the baton to about to faint. Yeah. Because they're exhausted. Yeah. So that's where the Sister Carolines came from. I said, you know, Anana for you to be able to benefit from this and for the sister friends that you connect with on a regular basis to benefit from it, we're going to have to formally establish an organization that was in 2014. So the self-care revolution campaign existed from 2011 and we had already been doing it as sisters. But in 2014, we had our very first meeting and we just came together and said, we're going to do this. So since then we've all been working this self-care program that I created. Yes. Um, kind of merging the engineering side, the business management, the project management side of me with uh, my heart and my love Mm. for self-care. And I wanted something practical that the women of the Sister Carolines could actually use. We could support each other. But it is just a network, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're not reinventing the wheel. Okay. So as an organization, there are many members within the Sister Carolines that have their own businesses. Right. Like yourself. Yeah. You're running this wonderful organization and initiative and mm-hmm. business right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but you deserve support too. I do. You deserve <laughs> to be around women like you who I feel do. called by God yeah. um, to really continue giving, but you should not. You know, God doesn't want us to be without right. while we're doing God's right. work. Right. And so you deserve to receive from other sisters just like we deserve to receive. And so we're just filling in blanks with the Sister Care Alliance. And, and that's when it was started and why it was started. Mm, a lot of questions here. The last time I had you here, we yeah. talked about being a community service activist. Yes. Right? The the the, the pains and the pros yes, and the with cons. Thornton, who I love. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. Yes. And we talked about how sacrificial it is, but we can't quit. Right. Yes. We can't stop. Because yeah. it's that one that very many of you think, oh, I can't do this anymore. It's that one. Somebody right. says something and you keep you continue to go. I you just have this way and this energy about you that you you're on ten all the time. It just seems like <laughs> you go to sleep like sleep is all you need and and you're up and you're ready and it feels like your mind is always going all the time. Have you always been an, an activist or be, been a part of activism? Well, um, the blessing is I was raised um, in a household that nurtured me understanding what I needed mm. and then also uh, feeling strong enough to speak my mind. Nice. So my father raised me and you know when a man raises you, Come on now. Come <laughs> he's going to raise you without the limitations that society expects you to have. Mm. And so I was never taught to not say anything. Right. So I really didn't understand the antithesis of okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, I learned it once I left the house and, and went to college and saw the expectation was for, mm-hmm. for women really not to communicate. So I think it was really just, I'm a product of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to just being a spirit that feels like I want 
others to feel just as free as I do in certain scenarios. Yes, yes. So were you surprised at the fact that you went through what you went through based on the the support and the love that you had from your dad? Were you were you still like, why is this happening to me? Why? What happened? Oh no, no, no. I was clear. Mm. I was clear that there were things that I just wasn't taught. Mm. And and what I learned is it wasn't just because my mother didn't raise me. Right. It was because we all don't come out the womb with a manual. Come on now. Right. So if there was a self-care manual that gave you instructions on not just how to take care of yourself spiritually, emotionally, artistically, physically, economically, socially and educationally. Right. Mm -hmm. But how do you integrate all of that? And then how do you deal with the fact that the people that are responsible for raising you didn't come out with a manual either? Right. So they're only able to offer you what they have figured out through life and then what they've been able to swipe from others. So, you know, um, it was alarming, I would say, Mm. to realize more so the gender restrictions that were put on me. And that affected me more than I thought it would um, being raised just as a Nana and then going yes. out into the world and realizing, no, you're a woman. <laughs> and by the way, you're a black woman. I'm a black woman. Right. Right. So dealing with that was um, it was very difficult. And there's still some things that I, will never come to me because it was never put in my mind to behave that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of self-care, I just realize that I'm going to have to figure out what to do. Okay. And that's where this mission came from. Now you ladies typically work with through sister care Alliance. Is it primarily African-American women or is it all women? Tell me a little bit more about the demographic for sister care. Well, the membership is focused exclusively to women of color. Okay. Um, but when we have events, they're open events Mm -hmm. unless we specify specifically for black women. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So have you gotten any resistance or criticism? about that oh you know what's interesting is uh we had a um uh an activist um coalition mm-hmm. uh activity shall i say okay. a meeting okay. with different individuals for uh the black mama bailout right i remember that Mother's and Day. and <laughs> there was an individual in the community of significance that criticized uh, the bailout action being just for black mothers. Mm. And this particular individual who will go unnamed. No names needed. Felt like we should not just bail out black mothers. Okay. Um, He felt like we should swap out a few based upon the list that we had and throw in some non-black women. Okay. And so I said, you know, um, I find that to be interesting because we've marketed it as black mama bailout specifically because mm-hmm. that's what we're targeting. And the response back was an accusation that we were discriminating mm. uh, for that particular mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. And so what I suggested to this uh, very influential gentleman, I said, well, I think that if you feel that way, then Sister Care Alliance focusing specifically on women of color would also be someone that you would or an organization you would think is discriminating. And the response back was, you know, well, we just think that will come under fire if we support this. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you might want to call the NAACP. Mm -hmm. You might want to call the SCLC. You might want to call every other organization that's developed to focus on a specific demographic. Um, And you also may want to look at um, the disparities in who you are servicing and Mm -hmm. who your constituency is. Mm -hmm. And then 
uh, who's in jail and, and right. <laughs> right. So if we want to have a discussion about uh, discrimination, then let's talk about those injustices. Mm-hmm. But I feel very comfortable because the reason there is a term called target audience, which is a marketing term, right, right. is because when you want to focus on a particular demographic, you're focusing on that demographic for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we have special experiences that cause us to carry a heavier load mm-hmm. as a result of being a woman and then a woman of color. And I definitely aim to make sure that this organization focuses on lightening that load and teaching us how to never pick it up again. Mm. Mm. So how has it been? It sounds like you have been um, very successful in working where you work. I mean, they they support you in everything, just about everything that you do, right? <laughs> yeah, right? They kind of say go and tell us about it later, right? It's kind of, you, you're pretty much able to carve your own way in the sense or no? Well, no, my goal with, and I, and I tell this when we go as a firm mm-hmm. together to accept community um, affairs awards, things like that. I always say that um, from the business operations side, I am really the director. Instead of the director of operations, I'm the director of suggestions. Mm-hmm. You know, really mm-hmm. those brothers make the decisions. I'm going to offer you a suggestion and based upon my business experience prior to working at the firm, and then they actually have to make a business decision. Okay. Um, so that's one. From a community affairs standpoint, uh, the Davis Bozeman Law Firm has had quite a history of being involved consistently in community affairs mm-hmm. when the camera's on or when the camera's yeah. off. Mm-hmm. And so what I focus on is a complement to what already existed at the firm. It's never in conflict. It's always in support. And so those brothers do care. Um, they are brothers. And so a lot of the work that they are intimately attached to have to do with black men. Mm. And what they understood was that we're a community of black men and women. women right, right. And so it was a pleasure, um, in their words, to mm. be able to support an initiative that had a more intimate connection to a target audience, right, quote mm-hmm, unquote, mm-hmm. Um, that they are not intimately attached to outside of their relationships with their mothers and their sisters. And it's been... Um, and their wives. It, it's been really beautiful to see others respond to um, the impact mm-hmm. of promoting self-care as a form of revolution mm-hmm. because the brothers, like the president of our Atlanta chapter, Attorney Regine Bray, her husband, she received an award. We did a self-care day awards program mm-hmm. and her husband came up to introduce the award and it was a surprise. Nice. So her husband said... At first, I really didn't get it. She walked around the house talking about self-care, and I <laughs> caught an attitude. You remember that shit? And I caught an attitude. Um, and then when she would do the things that were on her critical self-care needs list, she would come back lighter. She would come back happier. Mm-hmm. She was warmer towards me. She was warmer towards the children. And really, I saw that she really did critically need it, and I just didn't know. And he said, now, when she comes and there's something happening, I tell her, do you you need to check your self-care list? And so what happens is the brothers of the firm, as well as other brothers in the community, are starting to really see, wow, you know, this really is is a critical component that I cannot help with outside Mm. of supporting when the sisters Mm. decide to create what they critically need and they begin checking off the list. Right, right. So it's kind of a a holistic 
answer mm -hmm. to your question mm -hmm. that they have seen that even in the firm with the staff having an uh, implanted self-care program because before our weekly meetings we do self-care check-ins mm -hmm. everyone in the firm men women men, everybody and and what everyone's learning is these are tools that make us personally responsible for how we show up not just at work but how we show up in our lives mm -hmm. so it's been almost easy for them to support it because they've also adopted the principles of our self-care initiative awesome Sharon would you agree anything to I add do. I agree and I would also like to add um, at the weekly meetings you look forward to being able to share what your self-care goal was and how you're working on getting there. So it kind of is a boost and an encouragement for you to stay on task. Okay. Some people still don't know what self-care is. Can you guys kind of, I'm going to look to you, Sharon, give us a couple examples of what self-care would be. What would be a checklist? Like, tell us how it, how it is every week for the office. So for, for some, mm -hmm. it could be that you want to lose a couple of pounds. For some, it could be taking in more water. I know that is one of my self-care goals mm -hmm. um, is that I don't stay hydrated enough. So it's a joy to be able to go to the self-care, to the meetings, and then be able to say, hey, you know, I met my self-care goal. Mm -hmm. I increased my water intake. I'm taking my vitamins. <laughs> um, things that people would normally look at and feel like you're slacking if you do it, I've mm -hmm. learned that it is critical for me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's critical for me to take an extra hour of sleep or go to bed an extra hour early and just making sure I'm, you know, relaxing after we've had a hard day. Mm -hmm. um, I remember we were getting ready for um, for a trial. It's a big trial that was coming up a couple of weeks ago. And we were literally working from 9 o'clock in the morning to like 10, 11 o'clock at night, sometimes 12 at night. And it was so draining. Mm -hmm. And I had to remember to stick to my self-care goals and I had to make a list. I needed to stay hydrated. I needed to get rest. You know, even like right leading up to the day before trial, it was imperative to go home and get sleep. And those were self-care goals that I had to meet for myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been any good for attorney days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you find it challenging, though, to stick to those goals with a busy workload? I mean, your office is probably busy. In the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty busy. yeah, it's pretty busy. You know what? In the beginning, it was. But, you know, I am blessed to have a nana right across the hall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can go in there and she's like, go back to your self-care checklist. Mm. And she'll remind me of that. So you have to have like an accountability partner, somebody that when you are forgetting or you're getting too busy, they can encourage you and remind you like, hey, you got to go back to your self-care list. Mm. And so now it's almost a given. Every now and then I kind of get thrown off and I may kind of forget and need to be put back on. Board. Yeah. But for the most part, I've, I've realized how critical it is to my well-being mm. because at some point, if I'm not doing it, I get counterproductive. It's mm. to a point where I'm at work and I can't think straight. I can't even form a sentence. You ask me something, I'm like, uh, I forgot. Wow. And, and so it's critical now. Otherwise, I can't even take care of my son like I'm mm -hmm. supposed to. I can't, and I can't make sure he's okay if I'm not okay. Do we need it more because we're black versus our non-black counterparts? Be true. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Do we need it more because of who we are in this society, in this culture? Because this is going to be a hard sell in corporate America, in 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 a in a very corporate setting, where people don't look like me, right? And we're going to talk about my hair in a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it. But where they don't look like they are bewildered by by mere existence, right? And then based on how I look and what I do. So is it is it going to be hard to try to do this in corporate? I think it will be, but I do think that it is necessary okay. I think for myself as an African-American woman. I feel like the struggles that I face 
are going to be completely different from my white counterparts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not dealing with brothers being incarcerated. Come on now. They're not dealing with brothers being shot down and killed in the middle of the street. Mm. They're not dealing with having to look at a sister that looks like me. Yes. Being beaten yeah. in a store. Yeah. So it's necessary. It's and very it's necessary. So I think that for us, it is very important. Mm -hmm. It is. I want to talk a little bit about what happened this week. I told uh, you ladies uh, when we were in the green room what happened. So um, very corporate, but yeah. business casual setting. Um, and this is, you know, our hair is very, it makes a statement, right? <laughs> we, some people have red hair, purple, blue. We got all these different colors and different things. And some wear, some people wear their hair straight, braids, twists, weaves, not bald, whatever. So we are just a very beautiful looking group of people we are we just can't help it that's just who we are we, we just, that's what it is and so um i've been on this journey for natural hair for a long time have ups and downs peaks ins and outs this and that the third and i remember when i was working for a very prominent company here mm -hmm. um and i had just started the journey with twists and i wasn't comfortable with it because that co company was very strict on how you looked and um, the issue was what I found to be very interesting was that the people that had the most to say were people that looked like me. Mm. So my manager, my supervisor at the time was very polished and felt you need to dress and look and act and respond a certain way in order to move up the ladder. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm feeling that corporate life is really not for me. It supplies what I need, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, it provides um, clothing, roof over my mm -hmm. head, those type of things. But career getting, I was like, if I'm not promoter hitting this plateau now, I don't think it's really going to happen. So in order to accommodate the look, I used to wear a wig. A lot of people didn't know this, but I used to wear a wig. I used mm -hmm. to drive to work every day. And Fridays were, you could wear your jeans. And one day I just, this is when the empowerment hit. I said, okay. I'm not doing it anymore. I snatched it off, slammed it on the drive in the passenger side, and I walked in. And my twists were getting long or whatever. And she was like, oh, you have really, you know, very interesting. She didn't know what to say about it. And I just looked at her. And she says, you know you can get that straightened, right? You don't have to keep your hair that way. And so that was years ago, and I felt like I've hit a button. And now I'm on this path and I'm not going to stop. Right. And so I've continued to be natural. I'm not, I'm very comfortable with it. It's my own thing. And so even now, as we, as a culture, as a community, we're learning to do different things with our hair. There's different products to make us style it and do different things. So typically I always have my hair in two twists. I'm, I'm, for those that can't see me, I look very different now. So this Afro thing going on, like this fro hawk Afro thing. Yeah, this beautiful Thank Afro you. that you have. Thank you. And yeah. so I had people come up to me at work, different company, different management, different whole thing, and say, I, I, I love your hair. How did you get it to do that? Um, <laughs> can I touch it? Can I? And right, I said, right. uh, no. And I said, um, 
yeah, thank you, but fine. And then I had another person that looked just like me that said, question it, and why would you do that? And I said, you know what? I didn't come to work today to talk about my hair. I came to work today to do my job. And then when I finish doing my job, I'm going to leave the premises. So let's talk about what we need to talk about versus my hair, because we're putting way too much energy on that. So that was my self-care moment for the week. Awesome. And I think it happens to us so often, yeah. we don't even realize that it's happening. And I think that you have to own it. You have to be comfortable in the skin that you're in and keep people out of your personal space. Because I think that the culture and what we see is giving people this invitation to feel like they're freely to come up to you and say what it is on their mind. And I'm like, no. Well, it's a feeling of privilege. That's what privilege brings you. It, um, privilege um, is a, a contamination in a mindset that um, gives you ownership mm. of someone's thoughts and, and their space and ownership of, of um, you know, their their your interest in mm -hmm. commenting on them you, mm -hmm. you you have the right to make whatever comment you like mm -hmm. and that's what privilege is yes um i tell you i want to circle back real quick to sharon's yes. comment within the office and um the things that the the staff at the davis Wilson law firm are exposed to is not what someone at you know hewlett-packard yes is exposed different. to totally different you know sharon and um all of the staff members there they see crime scene photos they hear mm -hmm. um 911 calls they are dealing with the extreme experiences of trauma on a regular basis and so whether you're talking about corporate america or a law firm when you institute a self-care program for a staff you are doing nothing but increasing the longevity the quality um and just the health within the workspace with the self-care program mm -hmm. so I've been proud of Sharon for what she's done. And in terms of being in a corporate environment and having to address racism, uh, microaggressions, and then the oppression that exists mm. just within the society that gets compressed mm -hmm. in an office setting, the best thing that you did was you did an immediate scan of what you critically needed in that moment, which is the basis of what self-care is. Self-care is not manicures, pedicures, getting a massage every now and then. Self-care is what do you critically need mm. moving forward right. to reach a particular goal in your life that's going to help enhance your life, mm. right? So what you needed in the moment of somebody addressing your hair at a time, and, and, which is a personal expression it's a, a personal thing right mm -hmm. when somebody addresses you regarding your hair and why it's a certain way uh, and you let them know I'm not having that conversation with you let's get back to work that is a strategy for dealing with racism oppression and all of those um, damaging experiences that we can have in the workplace or in public mm -hmm. so I applaud you Thank one for teaching them what it means to be um, given a boundary. Mm -hmm. And you may have to repeat it because that's what happens when you're teaching, mm. right? So keep teaching them what your boundaries are and keep assessing what you critically need in a moment, even when they blindside you, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's a strategy that we as women of color have to deal with living in this country that's different, right? Where we are speaking to someone that's telling us, we are the standard bearers and anything you do has to be explained mm. no 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 that's not going to happen yesterday um we were doing a program at the auburn avenue research library 
And um, thank you to Ayana, who curated the entire program. And we talked about black women using self-care as a form of resistance and activism. It's such a specific task to have to think before you leave the house, I may encounter someone who's going to comment about my hair or my skin color mm -hmm. or the music that I'm playing. Any of those different cultural tools that help to define who I am, mm -hmm. where I come from, and what I, what I love. Right? I may have to encounter someone that will comment on it, um, uh, accost me about it, or try to take me off my plan on a daily basis. A daily to basis. have to yeah. wake up and think about that every day should not be the norm. Right? So when you choose to be a self-care revolutionary, it's you acknowledging that the environment that you live in is not supporting who you are. In addition to that, it's challenging who you are. and is usually intimidated mm. by who you are. So for our hair to go from a thick afro, which is absolutely beautiful and glistening today, somebody deep conditioned. <laughs> somebody deep conditioned, somebody put some sheen on it. I'm not missing. Somebody did a, a heavy moisturizing shampoo. Somebody put that olive oil in right before the deep conditioner because she is serving it right now. <laughs> for us to be able to have that hair be so beautiful and, and grow towards the sun, as I've heard, right? Mm -hmm. And then decide the next day to straighten it if we so choose. And then decide the next day to put twists in it. That is a power in versatility and artistry and an expression of our ancestors that is not mirrored, right, in mm -hmm. those who don't have that. Mm -hmm. So that can be um, intimidating yeah, to some. To a lot of people. I, I think we're going to take a break. Um, right here because we can go on but we take a little break right now <laughs> and kind of stretch out and when we come back we're going to continue this conversation because yes. this is what people need to hear we'll be back in a few thanks stay connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music features and videos fashion reports sports stories entertainment news and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com Stay connected. And we are back. This is part two of RCR Presents Real Discussions. Today's topic is the importance of self-care. And for those of you that are joining, joining us on part two here, we had some very good information in the first uh, conversation. We want to kind of pick that up where, um, where we left off. Anana, you were talking about how we as women of color, black women, we have to really program ourselves every day yeah. for what our day is like, which mm -hmm. is different than probably most cultures, right? We have a lot of things that are in front of us, things that we have to deal with. Um, just the simplest thing of when I leave here, will I get back home safely? Yes. When I leave here with my son, yes. hello somebody, mm -hmm. will my son get back here mm -hmm. safely? Mm -hmm. those, those type of challenges. Mm -hmm. um, going to work understanding what works for you, creating those boundaries in your mind without being this Norma Ray or this radical person or a person that's having an attitude or a bad day, but being able to clearly communicate what, what you're here for and what you're not, right? Yeah. Um, and those are the challenges. Um, tell me a little bit more about self-care itself and how we can take some of the simplest things 
things mm-hmm. and incorporate it in our daily lives. Because I think st- people are saying, probably saying, well, that seems really simple, but we're overlooking it, right? If yeah. you, would you agree? Help, help us. Yeah, I think the missing link is having a self-care strategy. Okay. Right? Okay. There, there are a couple components to establishing a self-care program for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you can always email us at sistercarealliance at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you want to get more information. And then there's a, um, a purple self-care check-in sheet that will reiterate some of the things that I'm saying that mm-hmm. you can download for free at selfcareagency.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to explain and answer the question, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure people know that you can get all these details okay. from, from that. But what happens is there are individual acts that we can do in different categories. Mm-hmm. So say spiritually, it's like, you know what, I'm going to pray somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or or economically, your time, money, and energy. So right. You know what, I'm, I'm not going to spend money on, on this anymore. Or I'm going to actually look at my bank account before I spend right. on a regular basis, right. right? Right. Little acts that help you take better care of yourself, mm-hmm. okay? The difference, and a lot of us are doing that. We're doing a little bit here, a little bit there. But the difference between having a self-care strategy and a self-care plan um, versus just randomly doing things that address your self-care needs is night and day. Mm. When you get a strategy, you are acknowledging first, which is why most people don't do that, right? They right. don't develop a strategy. Mm. When you establish a self-care strategy and a plan, you're acknowledging that what you're about to walk into and that your life is requiring you to take that level of an initiative. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to even look at self-care in a light other than just individual acts because then you'd have to admit to yourself. Yes, I have a problem. Or here's an opportunity for yes, me to that improve. the challenges are big enough yes. for you to actually need yes. a, a whole strategy and a plan. Yes. Right? So our, the, an analogy is those people who say, okay, I want to make more money mm-hmm. or I want to start a business. Mm-hmm. Right? When you sit in front of someone who's serious they're coming up with a strategy to transition themselves from what they're making right now mm-hmm. to what they really want to make, make. Right. right? If Goals. you just deal with money right. Right? or starting right. a business, those who want to start a business, they develop a plan. They begin writing things down. So you will have to look at your life, mm. your environment, and say, there are things within my environment and within my life that's chipping away at my ability to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So the first step to establishing this self-care strategy and plan almost seems impossible because you have to wake up yes. to the fact that you could be slowly dying in certain areas of your life, right? So there's a term that I put in my book called self-care suicide, yes. right? So self-care suicide is the gradual dying in a particular area mm-hmm. of your life and category because you are not taking certain self-care steps Mm -hmm. to either heal it or to advance it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I could slowly, I could just not drink water. I could go seven days because of the culture of this world we live in in this society and literally drink juice, soda, Soda. sweet tea, sweet tea, Mm -hmm. come on, Mm -hmm. the sweet tea lemonade mix. Yeah. mix it up for seven straight days Days. and then tell myself where there's ice in it so I'm getting some water water. (laughs) right but we would have to look at the critical nature of literally not giving your body water because if you were in a desert for seven days Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. the amount of water that you would need to survive right it's critical yes but because in my mind I'm being 
told from a marketing standpoint that this is enough. And because our bodies are so dynamic the way God made us, Mm. we are so resilient as a people. We're surviving a lot. So the first step to really deciding to establishing, um, to establish a self-care regimen for yourself is you have to admit Mm-hmm. Right. Psychologically. Yeah, yeah. That you need that. So I'm gonna say one more thing. I tell uh, sisters, I did a post one time that kind of got shared a lot. And I said, you know, um, to to black women, don't let that melanin fool you. Mm. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're killing them right now. You're killing them with the <laughs> this age that you I need to check your driver's license. And a lot of us. Right. You can say it. This woman 50. is sitting in front of me 50. as a 50 year old. 50. And it's absolutely ridiculous Thank that you. you look the way that you do. And it's beautiful as <laughs> a blessing. Thank you. What I put on this post, though, is black women understand that don't. Don't let that melanin fool you because your organs are your actual. There age. you go. There you right? go. Yes. So we've been blessed with this skin mm-hmm. and this ability to really withstand a lot and not show it on our face and not show it, but our organs are our actual yes. age. Yes. So that is a type of self-care suicide that leads to the statistics of black women with heart disease, mm-hmm. right? Um, these factors that stress play a, a big part of in these microaggressions of people every now and then talking about your hair or sliding you and these macroaggressions mm-hmm. of walking outside and the cop car is behind you and mm-hmm. you know you didn't do anything, mm-hmm. but the lights are there and they follow you all the way to work, mm-hmm. and, right? Mm-hmm. So those types of things, we have come this um, come to this point where we are in survival mode so much, mm-hmm. which is not self-care. Survival mode is not self-care mode, okay. right? Okay. When you are just surviving mm-hmm. and that is the norm, you are thinking self-care is a luxury. That's what we've wow. been taught. It's not. Self-care wow. is you focusing on all the critical things that you need. So I say all that to say, once you can get past this notion that just surviving day to day and that your environment that's constantly on you should not be the norm, then it becomes a lot easier to look at self-care and establishing a self-care strategy. But to survive emotionally and to not fall apart, many of us can't look at that. Yes. We don't want to. How many people are lined up to be activists? How many people want to do Sharon's job and Mm -mm. look at crime scene photos and and talk to clients in trauma and crisis every day? There are not many of us who choose that life because you're faced with the reality. But once you get to a place where you realize, oh, snap, this is getting bad. Mm -hmm. It could be a doctor's visit that you were forced to go to. Mm -hmm. It could be that your bank account zeros out and hits the negative, but you've been closing one eye to it for a long Long time. time. Right. Or your body could just shut down on you and say, I quit. Whatever gets you to the point where you realize, oh, just like I would need a business plan to start a business, I need a self-care plan to really get strategic Mm -hmm. about how I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. That's when it starts. Mm -hmm. The first step is accepting and utilizing the principle of a self-care baby step. Right. So a self, right? Isn't that yeah. the best self care baby step? <laughs> and then I, I definitely mean. want Sharon to, to chime in on how she uses it. But a self care baby step is an act that seems absurdly simple, but it gets you one step closer to your self care goal. Okay. Right. Yeah. But because we're so dynamic as sisters and and as a people, 
we can do 30 things all at once. If I all told you time. Sharon and I, between the two of us, did 50 things I believe you. Here, right? I believe you. I, don't even, I, can't even, I don't even have to finish the statement. No, I believe you. Because that's what not only the, the stigma is and the pressure that's placed on us, but we've been trained. Right, conditioned. Right. So when you've been trained and conditioned to compress all of these activities all in one, and I tell you to add value to doing one task that seems absurdly simple to mm -hmm, most, mm -hmm. but gets you one step closer. It's revolutionary mm -hmm. because what happens is you begin doing those self-care baby steps over and over and over again, and it begins to strengthen your self-care muscle. Mm -hmm. And you also are teaching yourself self-discipline in the process. I'm taking baby steps. I was a person that when I birthed uh, Real Chicks Rock, I, you know, I'm, I'm up all the time. I'm available. Okay, all the time. Mm -hmm. So people text and call and email. And I was like, mm, no, that's not working. So using my phone, I do do not disturb. So no one knows that they're not welcome to reach out to me because I understand our brains are always working and people want to. I need to contact Michelle while I remember and that kind of thing. So I don't ever want people to say, you can't reach me at a certain time. You feel free. I know that I'll be sleeping yeah. during a certain time. So I feel that's a baby step for me yeah. from a self-care perspective because I'm saying between certain hours, I have to do me. Yeah. And in that me time, my son gets a piece of that. And then the other piece of that, it's me sleeping, maybe just watching some form of entertainment. Maybe it's reading. Maybe it's meditating. Yeah. It's whatever it is that I feel I need to do so that when I hit go for the next day, I'm giving people the best version of me. I don't want to be crabby. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be any of those things. And I need a minute to process what I did for the day. That's yes. another self-care thing for me. Yes. Like, what did I do for today? Mm -hmm. And not beat myself up about things that I didn't do, but make sure that it has some list of prioritization on the next day or maybe the day after or the following week. Yes. So I don't have a strategy, but I know that I am taking these little steps that are helping me preserve myself, like take care yes. from of yes. myself, of yes. myself. And what you've done is you've strengthened your self-care muscle mm -hmm. in specific categories. Right. Now, when you're becoming a revolutionary, When you become a revolutionary, and I, I definitely want Sharon to chime in because she is she's gangster with it. Now. Sharon comes to me with her coupon game. She comes to me with her prayer game. She comes to me with I'm about to sign up for this workshop game. Her educational self care. She's a revolutionary. So what what I would um, offer yes, you and please. your listeners and viewers yes. is you you already have been practicing self care. You've yes. already been strengthening the muscle. Mm. What I'm asking is that you be what frightens institutions, someone that looks at every category of your life. Mm -hmm. And you use those same self-care muscles, muscles to strengthen the categories that you are closing one eye mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. So everybody is more comfortable with one particular, like for me, um, my self-care categories that I'm kind of awesome with is artistic mm -hmm. because I will bust a dance move in a heartbeat, <laughs> like without question. <laughs> 
many times. Right, right. right. Um, and there are other categories that I'm pretty awesome with. The ones that I close my eyes to at times that I need help and support with is spiritual, emotional. Mm. Right? That's mm -hmm. a challenging area for mm -hmm. me. Um, I have a challenging um, area with physical. Mm -hmm. So if I don't marry and squish physical with artistic, yes, then, it's, you know, so right. layering your self-care categories. Worth, but the reason I am a self-care revolutionary is because the air, the categories that I'm afraid of, the categories that give me anxiety, the categories of self-care that make me question if I'm even able to, to do it, I don't close my eyes to them and I create baby steps in those areas. So if you go to that purple sheet and you have you know spiritual, emotional, artistic, economic, physical, educational, and social, mm -hmm. and in all those areas, you are able to at least set a goal of a self-care baby step okay, or a major goal, okay. then what you're doing is All right. you are now become a gangster mm. and you are going to completely destroy somebody's <laughs> payroll Ooh. because what they have banked Ooh. on Ooh. is because we have been so generationally Come oppressed and beat now. down, right? That now there is a very heavy and clear and present experience of emotional slavery that makes us even feel bad when we think about attacking the areas that are difficult, mm. we're embarrassed, we're ashamed, and those are the whips and the overseers of emotional slavery that keep us from even facing these categories of self-care mm. that we don't want to face. Mm. But when you do, boo, mm. the meetings that these executives and these marketing agencies have where they're banking on the statistics and the research of who, you know, is feeling so bad that they're going to buy this type of hair or they're feeling so bad so they're going to the liquor store they're feeling so bad so they're going to all of these particular prescription drugs to mm. get them to feel when you begin to be a self-care revolutionary you start to break down payroll systems that are banking on you only doing the parts and the categories of care that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. that's how they stay in right business. right mm. Mm. i want to talk about those baby steps sure yeah. sure come on sharon so, i remember um I had spoken with Anana and I was trying to get in a better situation financially. Mm -hmm. And so there was a member of Sister Care Alliance that was a financial advisor. So she would do self-care check-ins with me and we would develop baby steps so the next time we would speak, I had goals that I had to check off on my list. Awesome. And um, one of the um, parts of me being able to get where I wanted to be financially, it was a, a particular position that I wanted at work. And um, so I came up with baby steps as far as just learning different aspects of the job on my own spare time so that when I went to the partners with, hey, I want to do this, you know, I kind of already knew exactly. some of what they were expecting. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just, it was a blessing to be able to just have Anana there in her program and just being able to take those baby steps to get to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. And, and what's beautiful, it really is already in you. Yes. But the lie that we're taught, being black, being female, is that there's something broken in you. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. We, we, we weren't, we're not in this, this country and in this society um, existing this way by accident. Come on, it's I'm not gonna... because we have this gene in our system that's making us question ourselves, right? Yeah. We're being taught. Yes. We're being taught that there's something wrong with us on a regular basis, yes. either by omission, by us being left out of things, or by us 100% being told flat out yes. that you're, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So when you take something like a self-care tool, like a self-care baby step, 
and you enacted to get to where you want to be, you're literally breaking through generations of a country that's been making money it's off powerful. of you feeling bad about yourself. It's powerful. And it, it, it literally has nothing to do with the person that... So uh, Sharon wants to talk to her boss about a move that she wants to make. The, the idea is, oh, man, maybe I should be mad at the person that's holding the key. Well, they're not holding the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're not holding the key. And once you start exercising this notion of what do I need to do to take better care of myself, you start to really relax a bit more mm -hmm. about whether or not somebody else has ownership right. of your journey. Right, right. It's taking control. Now, one thing, and I have to say, because even in slavery, there was always this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get these vibrations or the, the micro-isms even from our own. Yeah. You know, well, well, that's what happens. If you have children growing up in an abusive household, mm. then the children, are, all the children, are learning to abuse mm -hmm. because they're being taught by an expert, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, what you have to, uh, you know, uh, Attorney Davis said, I, I was frustrated about something one day um, about um, somebody in the community, and he said, you know, our people are sick. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear it at the time. I'm like, anyway, you know, my neck was in charge. And, you know, I was like, let me tell you, I'm about to cure that. Sickness, right. So I had my, my other, other hat on. And he was like, no, 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 no. Our people are sick. If somebody sneezed on you because they had a cold, would you want to punch them? You know, we have to understand where it's coming from so that we can navigate around it and mm. try to find a treatment mm. every single time we're engaging with each other. And so I think that part of us having more compassion for ourselves and starting to work on our own self-care plan, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. You develop an amazing amount of unexpected compassion for everyone else that you've been encountering, you start to see a lot of yourself in mm. them. But when you ignore what's challenging for you and you're not constantly on a daily basis focusing on what's hard for you, you can't have any appreciation for how someone else could mm -hmm. be where they are. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna ask this, because um, I think Jack stepped out. When we do the self-care, let me, let me see who's on this phone. Hi, thanks for calling. Who's on the line? Hi, is this Real Chicks Radio? Well, no, I wish, but no, this is Instinct Radio. This is Real Chicks Rock. Who's on the line? This is Ayana Perkins. I wanted to um, comment on the Real Chicks Rock um, show today. You can. Go right ahead. We're listening. Thank you. This is Dr. Ayana Perkins. Okay. Actually. Hi, doctor. Hi. <laughs> Hi, doctor. Hey, everyone. Thanks for presenting this. I'm a community psychologist, and one of the things that I noticed is that there's this thing called chronic stress. And when it comes to black women, they're minority salient. This high degree of being aware of being a minority creates a chronic stress. And so I remember earlier you mentioned was it different for people of color? Mm -hmm. And when you add the layer of oppression, I think so, because there's another layer of, of chronic stress that goes beyond, you know, commuting to work, childcare issues, work issues. Mm -hmm. There's a layer of oppression that introduces the chronic stress mm -hmm. that elevates our high risk for chronic diseases. Yes. And so I do think this self-care is beyond just 
hampering a spa approach. It is both a mental health, it's really a public health approach. Mm. And so I really think this is a very important thing for African-American women in particular to embrace. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Um, do you think that we have an opportunity to roll this out? Um, I know it's very heavy here in Atlanta, but is it national? Can we get other chapters of Sister Care Alliance throughout the country to kind of raise up and raise the awareness? Because, uh, again, we, we know not what we do. We don't yeah. know that we're in this bubble. We just think we're doing what we got to do. Yes. Um, we don't realize that we have this chronic stress. We, we know it's there. It's this elephant, but we just keep going and doing what we're doing. You think we have an opportunity to kind of spread this word? I think that is important, uh, whether it's through um, setting up chapters or collaborating with other national organizations. One of the things that um, that we black women do so well is we embrace this whole superwoman syndrome. Mm. And it has been very helpful when it comes to um, dealing with the incarceration, dealing with the sexual and uh, physical abuse towards our community and our family members, that we are very good at um, compartmentalizing and not thinking about it. Because if we thought about all the stuff we had to deal with, that would stop our flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this whole idea of getting the word out is very important, but I think it should be more of a and I think the work that's going on is the way it is blossoming from my distant observer, just from knowing Anana and her hard work. But I think the continual growth will be something that will assist African-American women nationally and African-American women throughout the diaspora. One of the things, if you look throughout the African diaspora, we all have chronic symptoms, similar symptoms from oppression. If you were to compare um, chronic diseases, you'll see African women throughout the diaspora, whether it's in the Caribbean or whether it's on the continent or whether it's here in the United States, we all seem to suffer from some variation of oppression. And so I don't think that a national platform would be enough. I think going internationally. Mm. And so I, the growth that Anana is um, strategically planning out, I think is appropriate. But I do think collaborating with national groups, maybe even sororities, and really just kind of putting it out there because we've been dealing with so much so long, it's hard to disentangle Oof. the different factors Oof. that we have to deal with. And this mm-hmm. is one of the things that um, we have to make time for. And I think that's the biggest challenge. And this is one of the things I wanted to put back on the presenters. We do so much that the idea of setting aside time to create a disciplined lifestyle for ourselves may seem overwhelming because we're so overly disciplined mm-hmm. for our work, for yeah. our family, and yes. that's what makes us successful. Yes. I think many people with the thought of changing our diet, mm-hmm. all of these comforts and buffers may seem challenging. So I, I wonder, how do you think about this gradual approach? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you support a gradual approach to developing a habit of self-care mm-hmm. rather than, you know, 
so people don't feel like they'll beat themselves up if they don't yeah, get it right, right, away. right away. That's a great question. Thank you, Dr. Ayanna Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, girl? You're welcome. Uh, I think it's a great question, and, and I think that's the surprise of many who don't know about my specific self-care mm-hmm. program that I've developed, mm-hmm. is that it's practical mm-hmm. and that it's realistic, and it is gradual, and you mm-hmm. end up um, gaining benefits and these kind of surprise mm-hmm. boosts of energy along the way because you're focusing on your critical need mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're learning how to better prioritize. Mm-hmm. Right now, we don't wake up first thing in the morning and think, what do I critically need today? Right. That's not our first thought. Right. But as you start to um, work this particular program, you do, you, you begin to train yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The idea of um, the program that I created was so that I don't have to be around. Yes. Good. Right. So I'm not a coach. Mm-mm. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to partner with people through their entire lives. Mm-hmm. The program is set up such that you learn um, in an intensive manner what these basic um, absorbable tactics are. Right. That absorb in your life and they become yours mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And Sharon, I know and Sharon um, and everyone that comes to the program and to the alliance, because one of the requirements for the Sister Care Alliance is you, you can't be a member if you haven't decided and agreed to begin walking the walk of establishing your own self-care plan. Understood. Um, and I always say that a self-care plan is not a self-perfection plan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's really Good. just an idea to agree to begin better caring for yourself. Right, right. So that's one. Two, we do uh, have the establishment of chapters, mm-hmm. and we're always looking to grow the organization. We already have a chapter of the Sister Care Alliance established in Charlotte, and they're nice. actually having an event today where they're teaching self-care along with uh, yoga and a, a bunch of other activities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that program was taught to that chapter, right. and they're now able, the president is um, Jasmine Hines, and they're able to reteach the program. Awesome. So I, I want to turn over to Sharon because Sharon ha- had to learn the components of the program mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to do anything other than touch bases every now and then. That's just based upon support now that she's learned the program. So it's a great question, Dr. Perkins, because there was no way I was going to create anything that wasn't practical because I believe in counseling Mm -hmm. and I would go to a counselor and I would be grateful for that hour. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, as soon as they say, well, time's up. I would get this tense feeling yeah, of anxiety. anxiety. Like, oh my gosh. What am I supposed, how am I going to do with the other 23 hours? Session, right? Yeah. So I wanted something that was applicable, that yeah. was complimentary. Mm. So when you go to professionals, I wanted a program that I could do that was not oppressive, wasn't forcing me to believe any particular, you know, ideologies, that it was just something that could be done. And so it absolutely is that. Mm hmm. I think a lot of the exercises um, come in handy as well. Mm-hmm. Like um, you were saying with the the worksheet with where you list your baby steps and you list your ultimate goal. Um, I know there was an exercise with the blocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I think all of that was helpful for me to actually learn the program because I was kind of lost. Like even small things like putting on lotion in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> really? Know, yeah, it was something. Really? Yeah, it's basic really? stuff people are struggling mm. with. I, I wasn't doing it. I mm-hmm. was making sure my son was taken care of and then I'm 
I'm going out the house looking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Or you make your you make your child's lunch mm-hmm. and I make I mean I chop up cucumbers, he's got grapes, he's got a healthy sandwich with healthy bread, he's got all of these snacks. I throw in fresh juice, a bottle of water, and then I look at it and I go, now, why can't I make that lunch for myself, <laughs> right? But what happens is we get used to others beating up on us, uh, and so then mm. we beat up on ourselves, mm. even in the midst of thinking about what we need, and so it ends up being counterproductive. But like what Sharon is saying, yes. how did you transition? Um, I transitioned by actually taking my ultimate goal in the baby steps and I would post it on my mirror. Mm-hmm. So it would be on my mirror in my bathroom, it would be in my bedroom on my mirror, and I would put it on my computer at work. Mm. So everywhere I was looking, I was being reminded of my baby steps and what my ultimate goal was to take care of myself. Okay. Yeah, awesome. and in the beginning, uh, for Dr. Perkins, in the beginning, what's important about having uh, someone that is a self-care consultant with this particular program is that Mm -hmm. what we teach is this is how you can retrain your brain while you're practicing this particular program to not beat up on yourself along the way because Mm -hmm. it completely deflates Mm -hmm. every single effort. Wouldn't you say so, Sharon? I agree. Can you talk a little bit about your thought process now? Now that I realize how critical it is, it's almost second nature. Mm. And I also have rewards for myself. So as I I meet a goal and I'm able to check it off on my list, then I may have something that I want to to, to purchase or just something I want to do for myself. Mm -hmm. That's a reward for me. Mm. So I'm constantly trying to grow and trying to improve myself and just trying to, to do better and become a better person. And I know one of the advantages also with being a member of Sister Care Alliance is when you're trying to work on yourself and all of these various areas you have an accountability partner mm-hmm. that's going to help you like i said stay on task mm-hmm. um but now i don't i don't really have to use it as much because i've understood how critical it is and it's kind of like with having it in so many different places and seeing it is like a reinforcement one thing one thing that i think most women deal with um, is emotional mm-hmm. and the emotional components when we go through things we're either going to shop we're going to stay in bed. We're going to eat. We may have other appetites for different things to counter how we feel emotionally. For me, when I feel a certain way emotionally, I work harder. Mm-hmm. I find more things to do. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I can do this to diffuse whatever that is emotionally that's that's bothering me. That's probably my biggest thing for me. Yeah, and and like I said, and I know Dr. Perkins may be able to chime in a bit more on this. Um, Anything that you do to cope, to survive, Mm -hmm. to make it through, be it a fresh new learned coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or something that you were taught, right? Mm -hmm. And you've been practicing it for some time. Anything that you do, it's valid because it is helping you cope. Right. The challenge that I circle back to is, can you wake up in the morning and say, what do I critically need? It's literally one of the most challenging questions until you start getting the support to get used to answering mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Because then you feel pressure. Well, what if I don't say the right thing? Well, what if I, right? <laughs> so there's this kind of buildup of a cloud of, of judgment and pressure 
to even yeah. come up with the right answer. Mm. And you do need help. You do need guidance. You do need support right. to be able to ask yourself that question on a regular basis. What do I critically need in these categories? Because you can have a category that you're flexing in. I got something that I, you just can't mess with me. <laughs> right? And that is your go-to. So your go-to was what? Work. Mm-hmm. Your go-to is you go to the categories that you flex in mm -hmm. because you need to feel reaffirmed, mm -hmm. you need to feel stronger. That's where a baby step in that category that you're having a hard time in mm -hmm. comes into play because it's calm enough and simple enough. But the anxiety around just accomplishing that baby step is almost equivalent to actually doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to take a break. Doctor, can you yeah, stay on the line? Will you Say something, doctor. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm so glad you addressed this, Donna, this whole idea of addressing perfectionism. I think because black women excel at handling so much, we tend to be so hard on ourselves. And I'm glad you're offering such a practical approach. It's what's needed. We do need to be kind to ourselves as we evolve. So thank you. Yeah, there's, there's, so you're welcome. There's something called a self-care snowball. You know, I just... It wasn't. It didn't exist for me. So I said, I'm just going to make all of this up because I need to understand what's happening and I need a path. Mm -hmm. I need a realistic path. So a self-care right. snowball, right, is what happens when you start taking those self-care baby steps. It literally begins to snowball exponentially how much easier things get. Mm -hmm. But you you can't convince yourself in the very beginning mm -hmm. that that's even possible. Right, right. So we had a sister who um, had, I tell this when I speak, we had a sister who had a year supply of massages at this massage business and she had not gone, it had been three months. Now you get that to me and it's a wrap. <laughs> any, any extra time I have, I'm gonna be getting a massage, mm. but for her it was challenging. Mm. So I gave her a self-care baby step something that seems absurdly simple but gets you one step closer i said just pull the phone number up of the massage business on your phone but right. do not call it and then in seven days check in with me now that would seem absurdly simple mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but the anxiety she felt around just doing that was almost equivalent to actually dialing the number wow. and going to get the massage but what happened was once she was able to just do that it built her confidence around it and showed her you can face the anxiety you aren't going to fall apart which is a lesson i've learned from many of my um, um counseling sessions with mama afia with i uh, educational mm -hmm, institute mm -hmm. you can handle feeling the emotions and still continuing to push forward so she was able to do that and by the time we did the check-in she actually had gone to get the massage but there's no way i could have wow. convinced her and told her in the beginning because of perfectionism right her, um, dr Young right. because of there's no way she would have believed that if i just said well go get the massage then it would just piss you off because right. you're like well if i could just get the massage and i would have just gotten the massage <laughs> you know people will aggravate you yeah. and say why don't you just just get your finances together just get a new job yeah. just well if i could just Let's do, do those things i would have do done it a long time ago i would do that i would do All that right. we're gonna to take a little break doctor you gonna hang out with us you gonna um be a part of the last I, i'm gonna call back in if that's okay that is fine call back in we're gonna take a few a, a few minutes and we'll be back shortly thanks stay connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music features and videos fashion reports sports stories entertainment news and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com 
Stay connected. We are back. It, the room looks a little different, right? <laughs> this is part. This is part three. Sharon had to leave. You know, people make sacrifices to come and talk to me on Sunday. So I, I really appreciate it. I thank Sharon for input. And so Sharon is gone, but I had Candace on the phone. Candace, are you there? extremely busy today as well too um and so she carved out some time to be with us so we're for that we're very thankful she uh candace had an opportunity to listen to some of the early parts of the show and thought we were hitting a couple of things right on point so um candace i'm just going to ask you to chime in a little bit of course today's topic is all about the importance of self-care and we were talking about how we have to take baby steps you know because this is a very overwhelming thing for us you know as women of color, um, it's just hard for us to understand these clinical things or things that might be going on with us. I mean, you know, the doctor talked about chronic stress and I mean, you know, we just, we're just not used to that type of conversation, that type of, of, of surroundings. We just do what we do. Um, but Candace, would you agree that it's most beneficial to take it one step at a time? These baby steps actually do work for us. Oh, yeah. I am a self-care survivor. Mm. I thank my guru, Anana, <laughs> for showing me the program three years ago. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's one step at a time. And the mindset is the critical piece because we have been conditioned, I think you all touched on this a little bit about marketing, um, to not put ourselves at the highest priority level and we put everything before, Mm -hmm. you know, nurturer, caregiver, Mm -hmm. all these other titles. Mm -hmm. And then we feel some kind of way when we're taking that baby step towards complete wholeness. Mm -hmm. And once you shift that mindset, and I think Sharon has said it, you know, a little earlier too, it becomes automatic and you don't have to feel guilty Mm -hmm. or shamed or uh, feel less than for really putting yourself first because if we do not take care of ourselves, we can't continue to do the things we have been doing for Mm -hmm. other people. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. During the break, uh, Candace, unfortunately, you weren't able to hear our side conversation, but <laughs> Anana and I and Sharon were talking about, um, we're going to go a little bit on the edge here. We typically keep it PG, but we got to talk about this. Women, oh, uh, we, I'm ready. we ready. <laughs> we, we deal with this emotional thing. And this is where I was trying to segue before, and we had to take a break. Um, we deal with past hurts and relationships and rejection and this, that, and the third. Um, I'm divorced. People deal with divorce and rebuilding, regrouping, re-imaging yourself because the two became one Mm -hmm. and then that is no more. And then you deal with identity and all of these different things which lead into intimacy there, the lack of, it's, it's a whole nother avenue, but I'll take it one piece at a time. So can we implement a self-care plan for emotional relationships and even the intimacy part? Because quite a few of us may be missing that intimacy that we need as women. Am I keeping it real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You're speaking my language. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know what's funny is when you start looking at this self-care program, uh-huh. it's all-encompassing. Okay. Because what we tend to devalue and close our eyes to is the heavy impact that one category of care that we're ignoring mm-hmm. is having on everything else. Okay. So typically, not across the board, but typically for men, the financial category, uh, economic self-care, so your time, money, and energy, mm-hmm. when that is not, when you are slowly dying, experiencing self-care suicide economically, right. as a man, you, you can guarantee that it's going to have an effect on yes. your desire to be intimate with anyone because right. the first the first degree of intimacy that you need to deal with is with yourself. Right. And so when you are ignoring what you critically need emotionally and spiritually, then you're blocking your own intimacy with yourself, mm, right? Mm, mm. Which mm. means that you have not exercised that muscle to be able to have healthy intimacy with someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to think about being in a healthy relationship or even um, comparing it to past bad relationships. That All of that becomes more difficult when you have closed your eyes and blocked yourself off from working an overall self-care plan. That overall self-care plan forces you to prioritize what is giving you the most grief. Mm. And you may want to, to pay attention to, well, okay, well, my grief is my attire. I don't have clothes that fit me. And so when I go out, I don't feel attractive. You may think that that is you know, what's really blocking you, but what could be blocking you is a spiritual self-care. You may be spiritually committing self-care suicide. Mm-hmm. And so when you interact with someone, you're insecure. You're not grounded to um, what's wonderful and beautiful about you. You're not connected to your ancestors. You, you don't um, see yourself as, as worthy in the eyes of those from which you came. Mm-hmm. And so when you interact with someone, you're not interacting with them as a spiritually strong person. Mm-hmm. You're interacting with them as someone that is broken, but you're focusing more, well, maybe I don't have the budget Mm -hmm. to get the gear that I want so that I feel comfortable in my clothes. So when you do an overall self-care plan, you learn how to prioritize what's critical and that helps you be healthier in terms of uh, intimacy with Mm -hmm. another person. Mm -hmm. I just want to frame it. There isn't like a a intimacy self-care plan and a money self-care plan and a work. No. You are the barometer for your life. Okay. What you critically need sets the tone for everything and that changes every day yes it does how it it does but what does not change is the fact that you need it there you go it's it's never going to go anywhere you can you can wake up five days in a row Mm -hmm. and the fact that you need a hug Mm -hmm. will not change from monday to friday right right. the fact that you need to have um a spiritual conversation about what you're worried about or what you're hoping for with somebody that can do it in a protective space the fact that you need that is not going to go anywhere Mm -hmm. so even though racism and microaggressions and uh police uh officers abusing the system of justice and you know even though all of that can change and the chaos will be there, what you need critically will always be the same. And you have to not run from identifying what you critically need. Yeah. And I just want to jump in and just say from a personal walk, when it gets to, you know, male, female companionship and intimacy, mm-hmm. you have to figure out what that looks like after a traumatic experience, like a divorce or things, mm-hmm. so, you know, something so harsh, like what is my new normal? Mm-hmm. Like how, 
how can I be intimate with myself Mm -hmm. and others again? Mm -hmm. And it it is one step at a time. It's not overnight, you know, I'm just going to... You know, get on one of these social media sites, meet a whole bunch of people, and just start over. You know, it takes time. It's a process, Mm -hmm. and the the critical pieces for me, I know, is I had to master the art of being alone and and not be afraid and fearful of what that feels like. Because when you're by yourself, and I had to talk to myself a lot, and I'm not crazy, but sometimes, you know, <laughs> you've got to do that. Um, and be strong in it and knowing that this is who I am. I'm not with this person anymore. However, I want to be in a new relationship, but I want to be in a healthy come relationship. On now. Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah, and I want it to be something that is good for me. Mm-hmm. So I have to be good for myself first awesome. and figure out what that is. And it may take a month, it may take a year, it may take two. But in that process, and I don't know if I heard it somewhere, mastering the art of being alone, mm-hmm. it's really, really being at peace with yourself yes. Yes. and knowing that you're calm and okay and able to welcome someone else back yes. in your space. Yes. Yeah. And that space is very inviting. It's very, um, that's what you see. I think that's what that is. Uh, Anana credits the melanin, but no, it's, it's about peace. Yeah. And it's about owning that, that peace for myself. And, and I want to add for me personally, um, my divorce was finalized in January of this year and I was married for 11 years. Um, and right now we successfully co-parent, um, but I tell you what I have had to address in terms of what I critically need so that I can not get sucked into right. the, the deep depression that right. comes with right. that major death in your life, yeah. which is yeah. what happens when yes. the relationship ends at that level. Yes. Um, I had to really force myself to focus on moments of joy Mm -hmm. because I needed, Mm -hmm. I critically needed to just experience joy on a regular basis. Mm. And I want to defer to um, Dr. Melva, uh, Reverend Dr. Melva Sampson, Mm -hmm. who has the Pink Robe Chronicles every Sunday at 8 a.m. Yes, yes, um, Because she really pushes this notion of um, being a part of a community that can hold your truth. Yes. And that type of spiritual intimacy right allows you to really allow more joy in right when you are able to be around others that can hold your truth then you can be yourself you can breathe Mm. and then when an opportunity to do things like dance Mm -hmm. right which i love and Mm -hmm. using the cultural tools that are there for us as a people Mm -hmm. um using those cultural tools to be able to continue to bring joy in my life is um my counter to isolation that's unhealthy so Candace is talking about healthy alone time. Yeah, she's yeah. talking about healthy self care strategies. Right. right. Um, but that isolation, when it's unhealthy and you've not focused on a self care strategy that includes incorporating joy and positivity in your life, mm-hmm. then you really are on a slippery slope on that whole self care suicide yeah. route. Would yeah. you agree, uh, Candace? Yes, exactly. That's that's 
No, 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 no. It was it was it, it both I think I think both is important because Candace taught me about um um this idea of how to not just be alone, but be alone in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Like uh a self care strategy has to include what is healthy yes. for you. Yes. But really the only person that can implement it is you. And Candace is like the best cheerleader mm. for what can you do, Anana? So mm. there's one component that's important of the self-care program. And of course all of it is in the book. So mm. if you, you know, are not able to reach me or if you don't have a Sister Caroline's chapter there, you could get the book and it has the program outlined in it. But you have to have a self-care dream team. Mm. Okay. Mm. So a dream team is helping you accomplish yourself care dream right and so spiritually and emotionally um people like dr uh reverend dr melva sampson um candace they are individuals who i have to call for guidance Mm -hmm. and they help me come up with ideas for self-care baby steps and self-care goals so without talking to candace i would not have understood that i need to beef up Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the healthy alone time mm-hmm. so that I could really survive this very brutal process yes. of recovering yes. from uh, divorce. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not um, cute. No, um, my pr- my process was a year and a half, two years. Yeah, and um, it was very difficult. But through this thing called house music, come on now. <laughs> I got I got my life back and I realized how much I'm in love with it last night. Yeah. Um how much I'm in love with it every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. And it gives me that joy in which you speak of. Yeah. It is that. It is uh looking at my son, seeing him. There's certain elements in this thing called life that inspires us, that gives us joy, that puts us in a place of happiness, mm-hmm. that gives us what we need to continue on. Um wonderful, wonderful things that are happening. Anana, tell us, are there any other programs or things that you'd like to share with the audience? Because people are listening. Thank you, everybody that's listening and sharing and commenting. Any other programs that you want to share with our listeners today? Well, I think what's important for everyone to know about the Sister Care Alliance is we're a newbie organization. It's a network. Mm -hmm. And we have events that are centered around self-care and social justice. So once a month, our planning committee, the National Planning Committee meets, Mm -hmm. and we just talk about our next steps. So we are planning our uh, revolutionary self-care <laughs> retreat for sisters Ooh. and it is a retreat not just to escape where you are mm-hmm. but it's a retreat that's going to allow you to actually learn these practical strategies get support and then return back to where you are already networked in mm-hmm. to sisters that are also speaking the same language around self-care um, and so if you're interested yes. in the retreat, yes. then uh, definitely email us at sistercarealliance at gmail.com. We also have coming up a self-care planning 101 training session. I need that. And so we schedule those monthly. I need that. Um, and if you want that information, you can also go to <laughs> sistercarealliance at gmail.com. I need it all. Um, and then we also are a part of different coalitions. Mm-hmm. We recently 
participated in with the powerful leadership of Sister Caroline's member, Nia Walker, the um, uh, coalition to support Jesse Murray. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of social justice initiatives that we're a part of, and we're always looking for volunteers. Yes. We're always looking for um, interns to work with the organization. So please just contact us um, at sistercarealliance at gmail.com. And let's partner more. Yeah. Let's partner more. Yeah. Come on. All organizations. And if you're an organization, we already go to human and sex trafficking centers and we teach self-care planning and programming. We go to um, every Christmas day, we go to a domestic violence shelter Mm -hmm. and we teach self-care planning and programming. Mm -hmm. So we collect um, clothing and things like that for that particular initiative. But we're always looking for organizations that want to teach their members the self-care program and we are growing as an organization so if you want to set up a chapter also since every year we have been working to establish self-care days official Mm -hmm. self-care days we now have it established in the city of atlanta Mm -hmm. savannah lithonia um decap county has adopted it as of last year and then also the city of charlotte with the help of our sister um chapter in charlotte north carolina so we are moving internationally um there's a Town out uh, there's a town in Puerto Rico that one of our sister care alliance members is going to be launching this year. Nice. So we're going to be going to Puerto Rico. Uh, if you're go. interested in joining, then come go. on. I was just thinking uh, about Puerto Rico this week. I was like, I haven't been in a long time. Now you give me a reason to yes. go. Yes. And then also I'm going to be uh, rejuvenating uh, my Afri Salsa dance classes yes. <laughs> <laughs> for my own self care and for my sisters. Awesome. So we are really uh, revving up for a lot. If you have a city uh, or a county that you would like to spearhead um, and partner with. If Mm -hmm. you're an organization and you want to partner with us, we keep both names of organizations on the proclamations when we establish them. Mm -hmm. If you want us to come in and walk the walk of establishing an official self-care day for December 4th in your city, then please contact us. Um, There's so much that you can do with the Alliance. If you have your own organization and you like what you're doing and you want to have us come in and teach self-care principles so that you can establish your own self-care support group um, in your church, mm-hmm. in your organization, then we would be more than happy. We've been to mosques to teach self-care wow. planning. We've been all over. So yeah. we're not going to stop because our mission is to establish as many um, Sister Care Alliance chapters and self-care support groups so that we have an underground railroad system yes. of those of us who are trying to fight emotional slavery right you have got to find these safe places where you can come in and say this is my self-care check-in people are not going to practice their pseudo psychologist skills on you and you are going to get an opportunity to actually say this is my next baby step i'm going to check in with the group next week all you have to do is get the book it outlines how to set up your own self-care support group and then we come out and we teach that to you that's awesome that's awesome that's a lot of power that's powerful yeah. let's do it let's, let's do, do it. it it's time out for all of this i know that's right it's time out and and we already have <laughs> the skill we already yeah. have the. it's not that we're not creative enough it's not that we're not powerful enough it's mm. not that we're not smart enough mm-hmm. we really just have to better optimize on this alliance between sisters there you go and we just need our strategy and that's a plan it. that's it awesome let's do it candace candace any comments yeah. anything you want to share um, no, but just I wanted to thank both of you all for 
taking time to invite me and just having uh, my voice on to share and, and participate. Um, like I heard from the sister yesterday at the self-care discussion at Auburn Avenue, it is about a sisterhood. The more we support each other, the more we can grow and just better ourselves and our community. So thank you. Thank you, Candace. And I want to thank Sharon for coming. And I'm always give thanks to Anana. Thank you for being here today. It was a lot of information today. I know we got a couple of videos out here on my timeline. Feel free to go check out part one, two, and three to get it all. Mm -hmm. um, Sister Care Alliance website. We have a website? SisterCareAlliance.org. See, SisterCareAlliance.org. You can always send an email if you have questions. Mm -hmm. This was a lot of information. It was very powerful, but it shows that... Women can get together, can encourage, can in su and support people, not just on the exteriors, right. but the internal things that we need to be the best people that we can possibly be while we're here. Yes, and self-care is not just for women. Oh, Through say the that. the self-care agency, yes. which is... For everyone. Everyone. I've gone out with Dr. Brian McGregor, who is a wonderful psychologist. He is a behavioral health scientist and psychologist, and he and I have done self-care for men presentations awesome. uh, with Clayton County Board of Health. Mm. Um, there are specific strategies that are a better adapted for men yes. that we've done with the program. Yes. And so it's for the whole family. And I just challenge our parents out there. Mm. Once you start establishing how to create your own self-care plan, teach your children. There you go. They are sponges. They will learn how to start saying, Oh, I took a self-care baby step. Then once they're not around you, you know that you've taught them how to do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you. And uh, selfcareagency.com mm -hmm. is where you can go to download the free purple sheet. Mm -hmm. That allows you to keep track of all of your self-care goals. All right. Well, thank you, guests. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, who's mm -hmm. watching, sharing, liking, commenting, and posting. Yay. Until next time, continue to rock on. Take care. Stay connected at UrbanMusicReport.com for the hottest music features and videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at UrbanMusicReport.com. Stay connected.